Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.M. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a truck line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everybody. Jim Strader here in the studio for another edition of Jim Strader Outdoors. Took the death to be here. Got a lot to talk about tonight. Most importantly, we're doing open lines tonight. We haven't done an open line show in a while, and I wanted to see what's on your all's minds. Observations you may have, uh, questions you may have, whatever the case may be. We would love to hear from you tonight and... Again, we got a lot of ground to cover here. Let me give you the numbers uh, before we get rolling. That way you'll have that on the top of your head and be able to call in if you've got questions for us. 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I want to start out the program talking about EHD because it has raised its ugly head again. Uh, it doesn't appear anywhere near as climactic or serious as it was back in 2007 and some other sieges of that disease that we had, but it is here, and there are some areas where it does seem to have had a pretty significant impact. The biggest troublesome areas in the state are in the eastern part. Uh, some of the counties I might mention is Floyd has had 271 cases Documented, um, 
Letcher 79, Morgan 171, Pike County 188. And basically, if uh, I guess you do a dividing line on the far eastern part of the state is where all the big numbers are. And they are encouraging you folks to contact Fish and Wildlife if you find deer that appear to have had EHD and I would certainly encourage you to do so. There's some little pocket areas down in western Kentucky, Marshall County, Christian, Muhlenberg, Ohio, Hopkins, Webster, Henderson, Logan, um, Allen, Monroe. Those counties uh, have had just a few. So those areas are not nearly as alarming as some of the things that are going on in the far eastern part of the state. So We'll keep you apprised of that as we move forward. But those cases that I'm giving you or that I talked about were as of September 5th. So it's pretty pretty recent information, and we'll definitely keep you apprised of that as, as we move forward. Uh, dove season has been a mixed bag across the state that's almost hard to understand. Uh, in some portions of the western part of the state, it was very, very difficult because they had started to harvest corn and spread the birds out in a big way. Uh, some of the counties along the Ohio River, the birds uh, appeared to have migrated with the hurricane influence and the cold snap we had before. I was fortunate enough to shoot over in central Kentucky uh, this past week and had a great hunt. And a lot of folks I've talked to in that portion of the state, basically in the bluegrass area, uh, have had a pretty good component of birds, so that's a good thing. Um, we've also got in Kentucky, coming up here shortly, September 16th, we've got our September Canada goose season and the early wood duck and teal season, and there's large numbers of those birds in the area. Not sure what this hurricane influence, the second hurricane influence is going to do to the wood ducks and teal, but there's lots and lots of resident Canada geese all throughout the state of Kentucky. Indiana season opened the 9th and runs to the 17th, and I'm sure some of the fellows over there have enjoyed some real good shooting on that early goose season that they have. This has become a increasingly popular uh, sport due to the large numbers of sub-adult and adult birds that have habituated virtually every county now. And it's another fun way to get out in this early part of fall and enjoy some wing shooting and perhaps give your dog some work. So uh, that's right around the corner, and I did want to report on that. I've been continuing to look at the mast crop, and unfortunately, it's it's a real mixed situation. Some areas have a decent amount of red oak. Uh, white oak species are the ones that are still mysterious to me. Some of the white oak trees have a light crop. Others I've seen have virtually no acorns that I can discern, so... We'll continue to talk about that. Beech nuts in some areas are so heavy that it's almost unimaginable. Walnut, in particular, seems to have done extremely well 
in most of the cases where I've been. Um, and that would include northern Kentucky, the bluegrass area, and, and here in, in the central part of Kentucky. In the far west, uh, I haven't had a chance to be down there and monitor that, but if any of you are listening to us from down that way, I'd, I'd love for you to dive in here and, and tell us what you've been seeing and how it's going. The squirrel population is excellent everywhere I've hunted. Uh, we're riding a real bumper crop of squirrels because of the light winter and food availability that we've had for the last two years, and that's been a very, very good thing. Fishing side of the scene, you can tell that it's a month with ER. By that, I mean September, October, November, December, my favorite months. And, and September is offering up some really good fishing opportunity. The bait fish are becoming very, very active. The fish know that they're heading into fall. And we've had some really unique weather patterns that have offered fairly stable fishing conditions. So if you're returning home from a fishing trip to the lake, I'd love to hear from you tonight. I I love those first-hand reports. They mean a lot to everybody because they're fresh, and it doesn't get any better than that. So, again, we're doing open lines tonight. Would love to talk about what you would like to talk about. After decades of abusing my teeth by using them to clamp sinkers on fishing line or using them to cut my line when I was in a hurry, Time had taken its toll. I had cracked and chipped several teeth, and it got to the point where I was almost embarrassed to smile. Not a good thing for a guy who's got a lot to smile about. That's where I asked my hunting partner and dentist, Dr. David O'Banion, to step in. As a colonel in the National Guard with tours of duty in Iraq, Egypt, and Central America, Dr. O'Banion has performed dental procedures all over the world. David used his extraordinary dental skills to repair my chipped and broken teeth so they actually look better than ever. Dr. David O'Banion does all types of family dentistry, surgery, and implants. I highly recommend him to help brighten your smile. His office is located in Middletown, a short hop off of Gene Snyder. Give him a call at 245-3707. That's 245-3707. Sportsman's Taxidermy is dedicated to providing you with a lasting memory of that special hunting or fishing trip. Owner Damon Custis always strives to provide a quality piece of taxidermy work that you'll be proud to display in your home or office for a lifetime. In business since 1978, Sportsman's Taxidermy uses the best materials and techniques in the industry, respectfully handling your mount for personal satisfaction that you'll be proud of for years to come. Sportsman's Taxidermy, where quality is an attitude. Check them out at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're doing open lines tonight, folks. Would love to hear... Your questions, your comments, your suggestions, whatever the case may be, would love to hear from you and the numbers to do so. 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Right before break there, I was uh, also interested in hearing from you bow hunters who participated in the opening portion of the archery season. Lots of really, really nice Bucks were taken. If you have a story you'd like to share or any observations, I would love to hear about that. I did a posting on Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook uh, 
here recently where I commented that the date and the moon phase came together to take bucks out of velvet pretty rapidly this time. Um, the full moon has a considerable influence on exacerbating those date patterns a little bit, or in other words, a lot of deer came out of velvet immediately, and they, of course, became a lot more nocturnal once we turned into that full moon phase. So there was a big flurry of harvest and some really great stories out there. Would love to hear those from you. And uh, it seems to have slowed down a bit as as we move forward. But I have heard some uh, rumors, I guess you would call it, of some really big deer taken here uh, in the last week or so. There's always that deer that makes the fatal mistake with the, the number of archers there are out there. So, again, I'd very much like to hear from you about that. Uh, let's go to Jerry, who's on hold. Uh, Jerry, welcome aboard. Hey, Jim. Nice talking to you. Uh, I've been up to Wisconsin a couple of times uh, late this summer and just got some excellent pike. Actually, I'm originally from up there, and I know there's some in Indiana, they're kind of hard to find. I know, I think Potoka used to have them, and I don't even think there's any in Kentucky. But I'm just wondering if you know, preferably some good rivers in the southern part of uh, Indiana that might hold some pretty good northern pike. I don't know of any rivers in southern Indiana that have any, Jerry. There's a few up in northern Indiana. Um, yeah. I think the fox is the one that's coming to the top of my mind, but they did stock northern pike in Potoka Lake uh, decades ago, and at the time I made a prediction, which quite frankly came true, I didn't see how Northern Pike could survive in a uh, lake like that because of the amount of fishing pressure uh, that's put on it. You know, pike are very aggressive fish, as you know, and a lot of the bass fishermen hated having them in there, (laughs) and... uh, you know, we're harvesting them in, in big numbers, so it went off the cliff pretty quickly. But I I don't know of any uh, rivers in southern Indiana that contain a significant okay. number of pike, I hate to say that. What part of Wisconsin were you fishing? Uh, I was up in some of the marshes around central, like around uh, Sheboygan County and uh, uh, Milwaukee, northern part of the Milwaukee River. Just some spots I found just uh, messing around up there. And I actually uh, caught, like, the last time I was up there, one morning caught 11 fish uh, from about 16 to 28 inches. I see. Yeah, but uh, I know, you know, we've got muskie down there at Cave Run and supposedly a few other places, and I don't just can't figure out why they do so good because they're more of a cool water fish like pike are, you know, but the muskie seem to do better, I guess, in eastern Kentucky for some reason. Well, we've got real good muskie populations at, at Cave Run, r- real good at, at uh, Green uh, Green River Lake, um, yeah. Paintsville. There are several lakes that have good muskie populations, and they're, they're thriving. You know, they do very well. We have a as you probably know, a pretty restrictive limit on those fish. And, and the Department of Fish and Wildlife has done an excellent job of keeping those lakes stocked and, and monitoring the harvest that, that occurs there. So it's been a it's been a very, very, very effective uh, program for us. 
there's I don't know of anywhere in the state that they've ever stocked northern pike, however, because of the difference in the two species. But uh, I'm a great yeah, fan of northern pike. I, I share your enthusiasm for them. I fish for them in Wisconsin and Minnesota and several of the provinces up in Canada, and, and uh, they're neat fish, and they they really don't have a reputation in most cases as being a good uh, food fish, but they actually are if you know how to clean them. They're, they oh, have yeah. A, they they were. My wife doesn't like anything that tastes fishy, and I took, she's from Louisville. I took her along, and she she loved them. You know, it's a flaky, kind of a dry, flaky fish, but uh, you got to deal with Y-bones. you got a Y-bone in them. Right. I can tell you a trick for that uh, that I'd like you to try sometime. You can take a a smaller pike, say 25 inches or less, uh, and scale it just like you would scale, you know, any other fish. Go on and fillet it just like you would fillet it. Leave the skin on it. Cut out the rib bones like you would on any other game fish like that. And then score the meat down to the... Uh, skin on the, you know, the underside of the skin, I guess you would call it, and uh-huh. and do it about every eighth of an inch all the way down that fillet, and then do the same thing laterally, and then cut it into chunks about the size of all a big crappie fillet. When you fry it, because you've scored those Y bones, they crystallize and go away, and you end up with a beautiful piece of fish that doesn't have any bone in it at all. Oh, that's good. I appreciate that. Now, you have to fry it in hot oil. That's, you know, part of the trick, but most people do that anyway. But I do want to uh, add that, that it has to be hot oil. You can't saute it and accomplish the same thing. You have to, to what I call deep fry it. I usually, when I cook pike, I cook them in a, uh, you know, fish fryer with the grease real hot. And they're they're delicious that way. Yeah, they are. One other thing, uh, Lake Harrington, I think they tried them down there stocking probably 20 years ago, but I, I read something that they tried to stock them in uh, Lake Harrington down there around Harrodsburg area. I'm not aware of that if they did. Yeah, I never heard any more about it, but I think they attempted that uh, shortly after I moved to the state back in the early 90s. I read something somewhere about it, but... Uh, I think I'll, I'll just go over and I'll chase muskies around here. Then they're bigger anyway. So uh, they're fun fish, and there's plenty of opportunity for them. But Cave Run is about as good a muskie lake as there is anywhere in the United States, quite frankly. And Green River's close second. I mean, they're they're pretty awesome. Yeah, and getting them on a on a fly too. That's I've done that up north, catching northerns on a fly is nothing like it. Yep. Yep. Nothing like it. Okay. All right, well, Jim, thanks a lot. I appreciate the help. Yes, sir. I'm sorry to right. tell you there's not any around in southern Indiana, but I'm not aware of anywhere that has a significant population of them. If there was, I feel sure I'd know it, but maybe something slipped by me. Who knows? Uh, those things can happen. Uh, I want to return to reproductive effort here for a moment. I've said this a bunch in the last couple of months, but I'm still seeing awesome numbers of rabbits. Um, probably the best crop of rabbits that I've seen in years. And it's amazing to me how many little bitty rabbits there are. Uh, a good example, I was prepping one of my sunflower fields 
that had grown up with a lot of ragweed here in the late summer because of the amount of rain that we've had and dilution of the herbicides that we had applied to help control them, and little rabbits that weren't not half grown, third the way grown, little bitty dudes. I mean, I could have run them down, and uh, they were jumping out everywhere as we were doing our mowing. So that continues to be a very, very good situation that I wanted to share. Uh, Let's go to Jim, who's got a deer comment. Yes, Jim. Jim, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you doing, Jim Strader? Uh, Jim Strader's doing fine, sir. How are you doing? I'm fine. I don't know if you know Jim. Jim Caphammer. Oh, yeah. How you been? I've been fine. I've been fine. Good. I got a I got a question for you. Uh, a couple of them got back from our farm. We are in Henry County. Uh, saw pictures on trail camera, uh, and my daughter was asking me, "What do you think is this?" And I said, "Well, I kind of think what it is. There's a lot of nodules on top of the head where the antlers, you know, uh, it's a little buck, and one of them has nodules. The other one really looks frail." Uh, actually, it's, uh, it was an old uh, picture back in April. All right, hey Jim, uh, can you hold on? We've got to go to news break. Do you mind holding on? That's for fine. Us? Yes. Sir. All right, very good. Yes, sir. We're going to go to the break here. It's presented by SMI Marine, eleven four hundred Westport Road. Got all kind of used boats and deals on twenty seventeens because the twenty eighteens are on their way. Go see them; they'll take good care of you. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI Marine. If your house was on fire. The most precious possession you would save first would undoubtedly be your family pet. Next to family, they're one of the most important parts of our lives, and that's exactly why I trust my pet's health and happiness to Dr. Kurt Oliver and his staff at Linden Animal Clinic. I know firsthand Dr. Oliver's surgical and diagnostic skills are extraordinary, just what you need when your pet's in need. From the time his nurturing staff greets you at the door, you'll know that Linden Animal Clinic is the place to trust with your pets, just like I trust them with mine. Linden Animal Clinic, 1000 Linden Lane, 425-5834, or check them out at LindenAnimalClinic.com. Gun World and Archery Pro Shop in Corydon, Indiana, is ready to help you with all of your firearm and archery needs. The new bows from Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Bowtech, and Bear are in, and their pro staff is eager to help tune and accessorize your equipment. They also carry 10-point Excalibur, PSE, Parker, and Barnett crossbows. They're stocked up with loads of new deer rifles that meet the specs for Indiana's new deer hunting regulations, too. Gun World and Archery Pro Shop, Highway 62 North in Corydon, across from John Deere. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're doing open lines tonight. If you'd like to speak with us, call us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And we were talking with Jim before break had a deer question. Jim, let's start over. I'm trying to get up Not to speed with what you got here. Well, I just uh, I just got back some, uh, some uh, trail camera pictures. Uh, some of them were kind of old. One was back from, from April. Uh, had one of, of the deer, uh, the young doe, and looked like it almost, if you, on a dog, it would be like the mange. 
And then I was I scratched my head a little bit, but then I she had some other pictures she was showing me, and a close up picture is like it was looking at the camera, and it was a young buck, and it was and it, the antler was very small, but it had these brown nodules, like on its scalp, on top of its scalp, like it was just like there would be huge ticks on it, and. Uh, and I, and the first thing I kind of thought about maybe it was a mange, kind of like. A, but then I said ticks. But then you turn. I turned on your show when you were talking about EHD, and I went, "Oh no!" But uh, I had some problems many years ago. My brother and I, you know, had had the farm in Henry County, and had some problems, minor problems. But uh, I was just kind of get your insight on the whole situation, what you thought, maybe. Okay. Well, there's not been any. EHD reports to Fish and Wildlife as of September 5th out of Henry County. Um, So that's the good news there. The closest county where there's been any reports to that area would be up in Kenton County, which is, you know, considerably further north there, right up on the Ohio River. They had one, and there was, I think, one in Bullitt and three in Washington County. So... The, the triangular area around us, Oldham, Henry, Trimble, Carroll, Owen, Franklin, Shelby, Spencer, nothing. So I don't think it was EHD, or at least wouldn't be suspicious that it would be. I, the, the part you mentioned about ticks uh, and or uh, horse flies working on those deer can cause a lot of those kind of lesions and secondary infections. Well, okay. And that would probably be my best guess, although deer do have several different types of tumors. Uh, most of them are, are benign, but uh, they're pretty ugly. It almost looks like giant warts, if you will. That's exactly what this looks like. I see. Well, then it was probably just those tumors that they tend to have, and they're not fatal in most cases, but they're pretty pretty distasteful to look at, for lack of a better right. way to describe it. I like to I, well until I get those pictures. I'd like to send them to you or or have somebody to send them to. Um, yeah, just send them to me on Facebook at Jim Strader Outdoors, Jim. Okay, and I also I I like to get your number, family business on the side. I don't know if you ever do that. I'll give you my number off the of air. Uh, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a while. I just kind of update you on a couple things. Yeah, you yeah, that'd be fine, Jim. If you hang on, we'll take your number and I'll get back to you. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. It's good to hear from you. All right, take care. Take care, Jim. You bet. Yeah, I I get a lot of questions about those types of uh, tumors on deer. I've harvested several deer through the years that have had those, and, again, they almost look like a giant wart. Um, They're they're a bump that sticks up. They're fibrous-looking in most cases, and and, uh, deer – quite frankly, run a heck of a gauntlet out there in Mother Nature. Watching deer run from and attempt to get away from biting insects, uh, particularly horse flies, and the number of ticks that they can have on them is just unbelievable in, in many areas. And as we all know, it, the more deer you have, the more those kind of problems crop up. That's one of the problems with overpopulations of deer. And the number of ticks that they carry is is a huge problem, especially in some of these urban areas where they're not allowing people 
to hunt deer. I've talked about this on the program a lot, but I, I want to bring it up again because it is becoming an ever-increasing problem. The One of the tick-borne diseases that cropped up here in the last 10 years makes you very, very allergic to meat. You cannot eat red meat. It causes a terrible uh, distress to your intestinal system and your stomach. And apparently, from what I know about it, it's a lifelong condition once you develop that. And that particular type of tick disease is on the increase. So that with Lyme's disease, uh, Ehrlichia, and many of these other diseases that ticks carry are a great big problem. My niece has just recently been diagnosed with Lyme disease and, and had to be treated. If you catch it early and get a good diagnosis, it can be pretty easily taken care of with some antibiotics, which in the scheme of things are fairly mild antibiotics. So if you have a tick bite and it shows any degree of bruising or something looks like a bullseye around that bite, or if you have a bite and you're concerned about it, the best thing to do is go see your family doctor. I will warn you that the titer tests that they do for some of these tick diseases are not the most accurate in the world. Um, it's difficult to diagnose. If you have any fever or flu-like symptoms uh, whatsoever after having been bit by a tick, my advice to you would be to go to your doctor and uh, get on a run of antibiotics to take care of that. Doxycycline is the particular type of antibiotic that is most commonly used to treat it. And when I say it's mild, they use it uh, in youngsters to help treat acne. So it's not a real strong antibody, but it is apparently pretty effective on these tick diseases, especially Lyme's disease and Ehrlichia. So I just want to pass that along because I can tell you, I'm around ticks all the time, and I spray um, to keep them from attaching themselves to me. But every year, some of them seem to make it through the gauntlet that I set down. I haven't had too much trouble with them. This time I've been using Permanone, which is the uh, tick deterrent uh, insecticide that will actually kill them if they crawl up on it. And it lasts for five to seven days when it's sprayed on your clothing. You do not want to put it on your skin. Uh, but it, I spray my boots, my socks, uh, my pant legs, and around my belt in case I sit out on the ground uh, anywhere I remember. <laughs> There was one time, it's probably been about five years ago, I was squirrel hunting over in southern Indiana, and I'd sprayed down everywhere, and I was sitting on a log waiting on a squirrel that was cutting a hickory. I was trying to get a look at him, and, and I sat down on a log, and I rested my hand on the log, and I was there maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes. The next thing I knew, I had hundreds of those small seed ticks running road races up my hand and my arms, and uh, that was quite a, a weird scenario, but I was able to kill all them uh, before they attached themselves. But I, uh, I hate ticks. Don't want to be around them. And these municipalities that are overprotecting deer are putting 
you all, the citizenry, at great risk for these tick-borne uh, viruses. So that's something that needs to be attended to, in my opinion. Let's go to Shane, who's got a tick question. Yes, Shane? Hey, I, I wanted to touch with you a little bit on the uh, that tick allergy. It's called alpha-gal disease or yes, alpha-gal sir. allergy. Uh-huh. I've had that now since 2008 from a tick bite. Um, uh, spotted tick, the north, the the one with the white white on its back. Yes, sir. Is what calls it? You can't eat any red meat without severe allergies uh, breaking out. It's it's horrible, and I highly recommend anyone to get sprayed for it because you do not want it because you have to go to dag on their vegetarian diet. Man, I hate hearing you. Had to run that dog, <laughs> Shane. That, that wouldn't be a fun thing for Jimbo, I can tell you that. Yeah, I was listening to the show here, and I thought I, I might ought to call in, and uh, maybe everybody might get a little extra spray during the season here to try to prevent that. Do, do you mind um, telling me where'd you contact that? Was it local or? I, well, I, where I live at, we've got about sixteen acres here, and I'm not sure if I contacted from either hunting, bush hogging, bowing. I'm not real sure. But um, it, it took almost three years before the doctor could figure out what it was. And it a it, uh, little bit of help with me looking on the Internet is kind of what found out what it was. I'll be daggone. I, I hear that a lot, that doctors misdiagnose, and then next thing you know, yeah. there's all kind of complications. But but you did contact that here locally. Are you from Indiana, Kentucky? Where are you from? Uh, Ken- Kentucky. I live out by Birmingham Forest. Oh, okay. In that area. Okay. And... Um, yeah, it, uh, it was definitely contacted from a tick, and can't eat any beef, pork, uh, deer meat. I've tried deer, I've tried all kinds of stuff. Can't really eat any of that without severe reaction to hives breaking out. Um, it's hard to breathe. Your neck swells up. Everything swells up. So if take it from me, definitely spray yourself, even if you're going to mow your yard or anything. Well, it's folks, very bad. Folks, and, here's and a first time example. I Shane, I hate that you've got this. It's my understanding that once you've got it, you just got it. I don't think there's anything you, they can do for you, is there? No, I've I've heard a few stories of people taking antihistamines for a few years and it clearing up. It hasn't worked for me. I take a, a Zyrtec pill every day. That's basically about all I can take, and. Um, it really hasn't helped. Every now and then I'll try a little bit of beef, and then I'll regret it almost three hours later because it's not an allergy that instantly affects you. It's about three hours later um, is when, it's, when it hits you. It's not an instant allergy. It's it's, it's pretty bad, Man, I and not to. a lot of people know about it. Yeah, I know, and it's it's on the increase, apparently, from it is. the experts it that is. I've talked I've, to. Since I've had it, I have a, a few people I know with that I work at uh, – work with and have it and um it's, it's bad <laughs> well so that's about all i got to say just um hope everybody puts some spray on and tries not to get bit okay partner well, sure. you, ba- you basically have to go vegetarian um and, and even taking medications that have the gelatin of beef or anything in them um will cause you to break out Jeez, so there's, there's a lot of things you really got to change with your life if you get it yep Yep. Well, so, I appreciate you sharing your story, and folks, there's firsthand how bad it can be. Thanks, Shane. Right, I appreciate buddy. it. Appreciate having Yes, sir. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. They're located right in central Kentucky at Munfordville. They have 
all kinds of listings for outdoor properties, vault types, vacation cabins, wildlife management properties, farms, etc. Paul Thomas is the broker there. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you and help you through your needs for financing. We'll even consider financing the purchase themselves. So take care of looking into what they got. If you're in the mood for some really good outdoor properties, check them out at mophartrealty.com. I'm very passionate about wildlife. That's why I've teamed up with two extremely talented and knowledgeable wildlife managers, Shane and Caleb Butler, to form a new company, Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Our team has more than 80 years combined experience doing habitat evaluations, food plot and warm season grass plantings, and hands-on management to make all your wildlife dreams come true. Check us out on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions or call us at 270-537-5739. This is Gary Roman. Whenever I'm on Jim's show, I get lots of questions like, what shotgun should I buy? What handgun is best for personal protection? Or what is the best scope for my rifle? There's only one sure answer. Come see us at Firearm Service Center, the one place to go to solve all your firearms problems. Purchase guns, ammo, holsters, and supplies. Whether it's your first firearm or your next custom-built gun, service or repair. Come see us at Firearm Service Center, Bardstown Road, in the Eastland Shopping Center, Louisville, Kentucky, or visit us on the web at firearmservice.com. For personal service, there's only one, Firearm Service Center. All right, we're back on Jim Stringer Outdoors, doing open lines tonight. If you'd like to talk to us or have questions about the outdoors, we'll be glad to do our level best to help you with the answers to do so, call us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Again, I'm really keen to talk to any of you bow hunters who have been out there during this early part of the archery season to see what you've been seeing, what kind of luck you had, uh, recruitment or uh, fawn numbers are just Fabulous this time, it looks like to me. I've seen a lot of does with triplets this time, a lot of them with uh, doubles. And, again, they're kind of all sizes. Um, some of them are almost look like what I would normally refer to as a yearling. They're the ones that were born in early May. And uh, some of them that were born later in June and even July are a little bitty thing still. There's several uh, sightings that I've had of, of very small fawns here in the last couple of weeks. So I'd be curious to what you folks are seeing and what kind of recruitment that you've noticed in your area. And it's always interesting to me to kind of compare notes and see what you're seeing as, as opposed to what I've been noticing in the haunts that I frequent. I've been very, very busy with food plot preparations for the deer here in the last couple of weeks. Again, my observations on the nut crop are very mixed. So I've, I've really gone overboard to make sure there is that I'm hunting. The, the deer are going to have food for this winter. I put in some pretty extensive food plots this time. And of course we did for our clients at uh, wildlife habitat solutions as well. And we've been just super busy this fall getting all that knocked out and ready. 
these rains that we've been having have been really good asset for that type of work. Uh, so those crops are on their way up and starting to grow, and it should be very, very good going forward. Let's go to Calvin, who has a fishing question for us. Yes, Calvin. Uh, as I was saying to the gentleman, I'd heard about a month ago the Fish and Wildlife had a meeting uh, concerning the size limit and krill limit of crappie statewide, and I haven't heard any more detail on it. I just wondered if you had any insight on that. No, sir, I, I do not. I know there were some discussions, but I don't have any hard facts that I could give you uh, concerning that. There are a lot of uh, concerns out there because of the amount of harvesters on crappie. As we all know, it's become a year-round sport now with the advent of electronic imagery and and what have you, and, and there are some concerns about that, but I don't have anything definitive I could share with you at this time, Calvin. Well, I thank you. I think it would be a good idea just to lower the krill limit statewide and and possibly size them and also, but I was just wondering if you had any insight on that. What 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 are your thoughts about it? What would you like to see done? Well, I'd like to see it phased in on some of these lakes, like Taylorsville and Green River. Uh, I fish those two lakes quite a bit in Harrington. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see uh, see the statewide go to twenty size limit increase to ten inches, and those two lakes I mentioned, like Taylorsville and Green River, maybe do a split to ten nine inch and ten ten inch for two or three years to everything balances out. I see. Okay. Well, I like ten inch limits on crappie. A nine inch crappie is, you're aware, isn't a real big fish. Um, I know. And 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 (laughs) it's amazing in lakes where you have those size limits how many fish you'll catch there right up to that edge, but beyond that, they get harder and harder to catch, which, of course, seems to point at, at uh, pretty serious harvest on, on the numbers of fish in those lakes. So, Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought maybe you had some insight. I'd like to see them do it, but I haven't haven't heard anything except they were having a meeting. Uh, I, that's kind of the same boat I'm in. If I hear any of that, I'll certainly pass it along at a later date if I, if I hear anything. Is that fair enough? That's fair. Thank you. All right, Calvin, thank you very much. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of pressure on these lakes these days, and and it's showing up in a lot of species across the board, and it's something that is constantly on the biologists' minds. And overall, they've done a great job with most of that. I mean, it's they're attuned to it and realize that it's that it's out there. So. If you got questions about that or any comments, talk to us in the next break. The number is 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. The break is presented by SMI Marine. Lots of used boats in inventory. A lot of the 2017s on sale. And, of course, they're getting ready to the mash to help you folks get ready for winter. So go see them. Remember, you never get soaked. At SMI Marine. I don't know anyone who loves the outdoors who doesn't have a dream property in the back of their mind. It might be a secluded cabin on a river or stream, a small farm with lakes or ponds teeming with fish, or a wildlife management property with mixed timber and farm ground loaded with deer, turkey, and other wildlife. Paul Thomason and his family at Mossy Oak Properties Hart Realty can make all these dreams come true. 
They've been doing so for 36 years. Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty is located in Munfordville, right in the heart of Central Kentucky's fish and wildlife mecca. They specialize in recreation properties, farms, and lake and riverfront getaways. Make your dreams a reality. Give Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty a call at 270-524-1980 or check them on the web at mophartrealty.com. That's mophartrealty.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.